Hey church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. The presence of God is here this morning. Amen. I don't know what song that was we sang at the end, but we're going to sing that at the end. Is that cool? I'm looking at you two. I don't know where Bruce is. Brother Bruce, you glad to be in church. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you in church today. And then turn to the person you didn't say it to and say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you as well in church today. Welcome to anybody here that this may be your first time at Oasis. Uh, Can you do me a favor? Can you just slip your hand up if this is your first time ever at Oasis Church Chicago? Slip it up high. Slip it up high. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, a couple here. Yeah, welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. and Welcome to those that are at home watching. And uh, Vision Sunday was last week, and uh, God is doing great things here. If you weren't here and you called this place home, I encourage you to go back and listen to what what we're going after this year. And this year for the vision of the house is to, to, to pursue the truth of Jesus and the presence of Jesus. Amen? Continuing what God has placed in us and, and on us as a house for the vision of this house last year. We're just continuing to build on that. And so as we were praying about what to go into, how do we come off of Vision Sunday, what, where do we go, I, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to come back to um, the series Kingdom Mind. Anybody okay with me going back to Kingdom Mind one more, a couple more times? We've been in this series for some time, before Christmas, after Christmas, and we're back in Jesus' name for two more weeks. So show up next week, too. We're going to talk about the mind, too, again next week. You already got it. All right. Amen. Hey, grab your Bibles. Open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I put a, a title to this message as we have been talking about the reality of our portion. And that is, as believers, we are called to have the mind of Christ. We are called to live like Jesus, to think the way that uh, we have been given the authority to think with the kingdom in the front of our vision. How many of you would say amen to that? This is our portion. This is what has been given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we, as those that have said yes to him, have laid our lives down at his feet, we get to have the mind of Christ, and I'm thankful for that. And so we've talked a bunch about what that looks like, and today I want to talk and focus in on these words from Paul to the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth was crazy. It was nuts. Paul had all sorts of issues to deal with, and it was a new church, so they're trying to figure it out. There there were so many things and, and issues that he was dealing with, and Paul gets to this moment where he addresses them specifically in what they are allowing to come into their mind. And so I put a title to this because we have to do that, I guess. Um, it's, 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 it's a kingdom mind. Take it captive. You don't have to lose your mind. <laughs> Take it captive. You don't have to lose your mind. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. It'll be up on the screen. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. That's that. I could preach a whole sermon on that. Though we are in this world, we do not wage war the same way that the world does here. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Everyone say divine power. Come on, divine power. My wife's last name was divine. 
before I changed it to Trollio. That's a big change right there in Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> thought in my head, take it captive. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everyone say strongholds. That's what we're going to focus on today. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to then, not just to take it captive, but then to make it obedient to Jesus Christ and his ways. Would you pray with me for just a moment? Holy Spirit, we thank you for the presence that's here. We thank you that you're moving. In Jesus' name, we ask right now for supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit in this time. I pray that this word would be a word that breaks chains today. That this word today would change trajectories of, of minds and of hearts and of lives today. That, Father, we can have the mind of Christ and our minds can be under control. And so we say yes to this. We say for every scheme of the evil one in this place, every lie that is being spoken, every voice that is whispering in ears right now, we say, Holy Spirit, in the angels' armies, remove it right now. And may your presence fall upon this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Some powerful words from Paul to the church. He's saying to them, church, you do not have to lose your mind. You do not have to allow every thought to come into your mind and allow for those thoughts to take root. For, for some, many, and this has been studied for many times, we, we believe that we are, in essence, people that are passive when things come to us and, and, and we intake them into our mind. Can I tell you something? That, that when thoughts come, when images come, when, when words come to us, we can be a people that stop them. We can be a people that say, uh, that one, not coming this way. But in culture, in the day and age today, in the, in, the, in the thinking of people is that everything that we take in has to take root in us. We have to receive it. We have to know it. We have to understand it. We have to believe it. And we have to live from it. And the reality is today, as the body of Jesus Christ, we no longer have our mind. We have the mind of Christ. We no longer are our own king. We now come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so in coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ, we can be a people that no longer have to lose our minds because we're seeing images. It's crazy the amount of images. Uh, forgive me if this is wrong, but I remember in one of my previous services, we see about roughly like 5,000 ads. I think it's throughout the week. That's nuts. The amount of images and content and truth and voices that speak to us today. I don't know about you, but over the last couple of years, I felt like I was losing my mind sometime. Anybody else? Like I was just like, make it stop. And Paul speaks these words to the church and he says, hey, you don't have to lose your mind. You actually, like he wrote to Timothy there in 2 Timothy, he said, you can actually be a person that has a sound mind. A mind that is clear, a mind that is filled with power, a mind that is filled with strength. But the reality is today, people are losing their minds everywhere. Can I be frank? Because this is, okay, I'm going to come preach today. You all right? In the church, more than ever, we are losing our minds. I'm going to stick to my notes. We are losing our minds. 
We see the numbers. We see the statistics. We know them. We know exactly what people are dealing with more than ever. We see what people are dealing with because they feel the need to go post it on their social media account for the whole world to see. So they're not only losing their minds in person, they're losing their minds in a made-up world. And so everybody around them knows that they're losing their minds. People, we don't have to lose our minds. We can be a people, this is crazy, but true, that take thoughts captive and keep it inside and dismiss it and make it obedient to Christ. I am so thankful for the maturity in my life where I have at times, I'm the person, if you come and tell me something, you begin to tell me something and you stop and you're like, I, sh I should stop, the Holy Spirit told me. I'm like, no, tell me more. <laughs> Don't judge me, because I know you all do it. Rachel comes and tells me something, she starts, and then she's like, ah, I feel checked. And I'm like, tell me more, please. But I'm thinking, that, okay, that's just a counseling moment. Your pastor's just here. Like, but at, over the years, I'm really grateful that the Holy Spirit has worked on me. It's called sanctification. It's called maturity. How many of you know we should mature in Christ? We should not stay the same as we were five years ago. We should be growing in the Lord and in his ways. And so I'm thankful that when, when, when a thought comes, I don't have to be like how I used to be and just share it. I just got to get my emotions out. No, no, no. I need to go sit and pray. I need to go sit with the Father. I need to take these thoughts captive, and I need to make them obedient to Christ. We do not have to be people that are sharing everything that comes to our minds. We have the ability through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to take our minds captive and have thoughts captive and be a people that have a kingdom mind. How many of you want that? It's your portion today. You know why? Because it's living life in the Spirit. Living life in the Spirit reaps a harvest of good things. The fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. How many know that, that, that those of us that have said yes, to just that's what we get to reap and, and so reap and so. We don't have to live lives of the flesh. Scripture talks about the difference between the mind of the flesh and the mind of the Spirit. We get to have the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit. When we have the mind of the flesh, we sow and reap things that are of evil, are of chaos, of fear. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. The church is losing mind. There's more fear in the church today than there's ever been. I'm not coming at any side. I'm not coming at any people. I'm coming at all of us. This is all everybody. We are freaked out. You know what fear is? This is what I, I've heard it said so many times. It's false experiences appearing real. Now, there's real things. Hello? Like, like, like Titus rides his scooter now. He's got a little scooter. He's like, and he goes. That brother goes. And Rachel's a great mom. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the guy that's like, comfort, keep, don't. And, and she lets him go. And, and he, she'll say, Titus, stop. And he'll just, breaks. He gets to me to this front row, and I'm like, Titus, stop! There's cars everywhere. And he's just looking at me like, Dad, no, there's no cars here. He's like, like, like I, I have fear that my son, what, is not going to be cared for by my good father? I fear that my kids aren't going to be cared for by a God that loves me and cares for me. I don't have to think that way. Hello? You don't have to think that way. We don't have to think that way. We can be a people that actually walk in the power of Jesus Christ and allow for our minds to become sound. If we do not begin to learn how to take our thoughts captive, don't be surprised when your mind starts going to places it was never called to go. Hello? You know some of my story from over the last year. 
You know why I got to that place of darkness? Is because I allowed my mind to start going there. Don't be surprised when you come to this place and you're like, I don't even think this God thing's working for me. And oftentimes I'll ask him a question. Who cut in on you? This whole God thing, this whole faith thing, it hasn't worked for me, pastor. I said, well, give God as much time as you've given the world. That's another sermon another time. But I say to them, who cut in on you? What thought took root and became a stronghold in your life that everything you looked through, every way that you operated was because of that lie someone told you, something you heard, something you believed, something that the devil spoke that sounded a lot like your voice, but it was actually his voice and then it settled in your heart? Don't be surprised if we don't capture our thoughts that our lives end up in places we were never called to go. Anybody. Like, this is the reality. This is a war, Paul writes. This is not a passive time of living. Like, like somehow we think we're just going to get to heaven and everything. Like, we're called to bring heaven to earth. Okay, just for the sake of it, say amen. amen. We're called to be catalysts of light and of hope to, of Jesus here to this earth. How many of you know, Jesus said, pray the same way I pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, come now. It's through us. But if we don't learn how to capture our minds, we're not going to see heaven around us. Because the reality is this, is that the kingdom of God is moving forward. It hasn't failed. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't been dismantled. It hasn't been deconstructed. Shots fired. Hello? Same yesterday, today, and forever. His kingdom's moving forward, and it's the call for the church to go, no, 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 this stuff that's in my head that's allowed for me to go this direction, I'm going to take a captive today. I'm going to take a captive today. I'm going to take a captive today. I'm going to make that thing obedient to Jesus Christ and his words and who he says he is, because he's the one that rules and reigns over my life. It's not my life that I run. It's not my life that I'm in charge of. He's in charge of me. He's over me. I'm going to preach to this microphone stand if I have to today. We are called to take our thoughts captive. Don't be surprised when your mind goes somewhere. There's a battle raging. Paul writes, hey, we're not fighting some fight that's just like this little ordinary thing. We're fighting a spiritual, supernatural spiritual battle. Can I tell you something? I've said it before. The supernatural realm is real. It's not some stranger thing stuff. Hello? It's a real thing. There is a fight for your life. There is a battle raging for your mind. If the devil can get your mind, he can get your life. If he can get your thoughts, he can get you held down. If he can get your thoughts for who you think your spouse is, he can get you down. If he can have your thoughts for how you think your kids are going to be, he can get you down. If he has your thoughts for the way that your job's going and that how your boss is, he's going to make you have a place and a space in your workplace that you're not going to really like and enjoy. And everybody around you is going to know that you don't like it and enjoy. If he can get your mind... He can control the way you're going to go. And what this thing is Paul saying is this battle is, it happens here. And if we don't capture these thoughts, we're going to start creating strongholds in our lives. If you've grown up in church, you know this word. You know this word. You've heard this word. If you're new to faith, this is, this is what Paul writes. He, he says, hey, there are strongholds in your life that begin to be built up. But the good news is, can I say good news? We have divine power to knock those suckers down. We, we have the, the power of the Holy Spirit. But some of you here today, you're sitting here and you're seeing all the love of God ministering to other people. And some of you are like, I'm not experiencing that. I keep showing up. I keep coming. 
I keep doing the right things. I got the no cards, pastor, that you said to start meditating on the law day and night, and that's crucial, it's important. But you're sitting here and you're like, why am I not like, like feeling, it's not a feeling, hear me, but I don't know another word right now, are you okay with that? But like, I'm not experiencing, it's not ministering to me, I'm not, a, and you're wondering, why am I a prisoner? Can I tell you? Maybe, just maybe why? There's a stronghold in your life. There's a stronghold in your life. And the divine power of the Holy Spirit today wants to break it. It's not by coincidence that Paul writes strongholds. It's not, it's not because he just ha didn't have a better word. He, he specifically chose this word. He said, he said, listen, you're gonna create barriers in your life and in your mind and in your heart because they're gonna be forms of protection. Can I tell you what I gave a definition to of what a stronghold is? The strongholds of our minds are places of false realities of protection. They are places in our lives where we have settled for something that is untrue in the kingdom, but are not willing to submit it to the Father's truth. We have divine power to knock strongholds down. Strongholds can come down, but we have to first understand what a stronghold is. They are truths, false truths, that settle in our hearts and in our minds that we perceive are from God, but when all we in all reality, we actually know they're not of God, and they're forms of protections for our lives. They're forms of ways to keep us safe. A stronghold in that time was, was a there was a wall and then there was a tower, and, and, and that would be to protect a city, to protect a place. And if that, that wall got overtaken, there was still the tower of a stronghold. And that thing was fortified, that thing was strong. It was really hard to take down that place. The moment, though, that that stronghold was taken, the whole battle was done. But there were places of fortified strength and of empowerment. And there were places where they, they held food and storage and water and weapons. And as the stronghold gets stronger, as more stuff gets put into it, as more stuff goes in it, it gets stronger and stronger. So, so as, as a stronghold's built and as it's created, not, I'm not talking physically, but in our hearts and in our minds, we start to feed that thing. We start to put more things in it and it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And we're 10 years down the road and we're now living from a vision that we think this is of Jesus. It has nothing, it's not a part of the kingdom of God at all. But it is a stronghold that has taken root because we did not capture that thing right away. We did not, this is why I think there's something to be said about why I went through meditation first, knowing God's word. Because you, when you know God's word, it's a lot easier to identify strongholds and things that are coming against. When you know God's word and what he says and his truths, it's a lot easier to identify things that aren't true. It's a lot harder when you don't know who God is and you hear something, you're like, that sounds like Jesus. It's like, it's like pulling, you're like, I'm like, who told you that? Show me where that's at in scripture. They're like, well, um, yeah. I'm like, it's not of God. God's character does not change. Okay, you all right? A stronghold is a place where we've allowed for lies to settle in. A stronghold is a way of thinking and feeling that has developed a life of its own in a person. Let me say that again. A stronghold is a way of thinking and feeling that has developed a life in, of its own in a person. It might be a rut of depression or reoccurring unbelief 
or habitually bad tempers. It might be repeating patterns of failures. It's all sorts of things, but they are false realities of what we think are protection. We know they're not of God, but we settle with them because we are afraid that if those things get let go, we don't know what's going to happen. Can I tell you something? I'm going to try to stay in my notes, but this is, this is, this needs to be said. Um, church hurt. Church doesn't hurt you. People do. That's a good word, pastor. Um, if you had food poisoning at a restaurant, do you stop going to all restaurants? I'll tell you this much. I got food poisoning from oysters one time. I ain't touching those things again in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, I, I ain't going near those things. People order them at the tables. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gone. Anyways. <laughs> church hurt? People are people. Can I, can I give you a newsflash? This church is not perfect. This church is far from perfect. You know why? We have a bunch of people that are trying to operate and run this thing and do the best that we can by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that are flawed and broken and all sorts of different things. We're just doing our best. But church hurt. You know how many people have now built up strongholds of church hurt? Oh, it's crazy. Satan doesn't have to do much. He just got to get you offended. If he can get you offended, he can run your life to a place and a position that you were never called to go. But, but, but the thing about this is this. You get hurt by a moment in church. You get hurt by a leader. You get hurt, and it's real. Hear me. I'm not discounting any of this stuff. But can I tell you a story? My parents were pastors of a church before the church they're at today. And it was a very large church, and we had great community there. We, we grew up in this thing. I had a lot of friendships and relationships there. And I was entering into my eighth grade year, and long story short, to keep it not about this at all, but, but, but we experienced a really hard moment in church. My family was, was spoken of in a lot of ways that wasn't true, but there was stuff said about my dad and mom and all sorts of, you, you know, people are people. And I remember as, an, as a, I think I was like, how old are you when you go into eighth grade, 12, 13? Like I remember being at 13 years old, walking back into a church service where they had an open mic for people to share whatever they wanted to share with people. You want to talk about church hurt? I watched a room of almost a thousand people yelling and screaming at each other. That's the church? And I said, I want nothing to do with God. Built up a stronghold. I said, if that's the church, I want nothing to do with it. When I got saved, <laughs> shortly after some things, I was sitting, I was sitting once again with, with Brother Lamores. I'm gonna write a book about all the investment Lamores has made in my life. And he said, Why are you so afraid to give your life to the church? I said, I'm not afraid. I'm going to church. I'm serving. I'm doing the things. He said, no, no, no. There's always, a, there's always an asterisk when you start talking about God's church. And I was like, and he said, let's go at this thing. I said, what do you mean we're going to go after this thing? He's like, let's, let's start talking about this thing. So he starts asking me questions. For many of you, you know what this might be. This, he, was, he was doing something that's called sozo. He was, he was asking me hard questions. And I began to answer him. And I said, oh, snap. That stronghold in my life was because of what I experienced at 13 years old. It has been fed. <laughs> it has been put more things into it. It has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. I actually didn't love the church as much as I said I loved the church because I was living. Is this okay? Because I was living from a lie 
That just because there's a moment where people are flawed and imperfect and in pain and all these things, just because that happens does not have to be my story, does not have to be the lens of which I look through and, and feel about the church. Church hurt is real, but can I tell you something? You're responsible for your healing. I didn't have any of those men and women that hurt my dad and mom or us come to us and say, we're so sorry. You know what I did? I wrote them letters. And don't get it twisted. Hold up. Because some of you are like, oh, I would love. You know what I said? I said, I love you. I forgive you. I'm praying for you and your family. I, I, I release you. I, I release you off my life. I, and not in a derogatory way, not in a mean way. I, I'm not going to allow for that pain to, to build a stronghold in my life so that the rest of my life and in my kids' life and my generation that comes after my kids and the generation that comes after those kids all hate the church because someone hurt me. When Jesus says, you're going to be hurt. <laughs> there is going to be people that say a lot of bad things about you. You're going to experience pain. You're going to come to me, all who are weary. So strongholds can look at all sorts of different ways. But they're places that we don't even realize that the Holy Spirit today is trying to rip out of us so that we can walk in the freedom that we have been, have been given. Are you okay? If I would have sat in that thing, I don't think I'd be doing this today. And, and I didn't even realize. The crazy thing is you don't even realize at times that there's strongholds. You don't realize what has been said to you at the age of six is still dictating how you live and how you love. You're not realizing that the, the, the value that has been spoken over you for such a long time is now determining how you handle relationships. You're, you go back and strongholds become things like, I'm just not good enough. I'm never gonna be good enough. I'm never gonna be good enough. I'm never gonna be good enough. You know what you're speaking from in a position from? A stronghold. Do you know who you are in Jesus? Ladies, please do not get your value from some dude. I thought I'd at least get like. <laughs> All right, dudes, if you need your significant other girl to tell you who you are, you're missing it. Know the value and the worth of who you are in Jesus. Tear down those strongholds that you're not enough, that you've done too many things wrong, that you're a failure, that you're just in. They're strongholds. And the power of the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, you can go in with him and you can invite him into that and you can repent and renounce it and watch that thing be dismissed from your life. Strongholds don't have to last. You want to know how? I know. Because when you repent of them, freedom comes. Repenting is this. It's saying, God, I, I've, I've, I've put something in place in my life that isn't your kingdom. It's a sorrow. It's a position of saying, I, I, man, I, this is anguish. I, I don't like this. I feel what I've done is not right. I know it's not right. Repentance is not remorse. Repentance is not just confession. Repentance is not just saying sorry. Repentance is going to God and saying, I have truly grieved your heart. I have truly allowed for something that is not of your kingdom to settle in my spirit. So I repent from it. I turn to you, Jesus. I leave that stuff there. I do a 180 turn and I come to you and I want to know the truth of who you are and I want to live in your presence. I want to know the reality. And when we turn from strongholds and repent and turn to Jesus, he builds us up with his divine power. But the strongholds will tell you, you don't got to repent. 
They have to say sorry. You're good. Oh, it's just because he didn't know your value. No, 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 no. It's time to own our lives. It's time to take ownership of our thoughts. It's time to take ownership of what we've allowed to settle in our spirit. Come on, I know I'm preaching to some people today. Like, like stronghold Satan will bind you up with just little lies. Matthew talks about this, that the strong man will come in and he will bind you, uh, he will come into the strong man, he will bind you up, he will tie you up. Matthew uh, 12, 29 says this. Once again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he has first tied up the strong man? Like, Satan, I hate even talking about evil because I'm tired of giving him credit. He's dead. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know that, church? Satan and his schemes and evil, they're done. They've already lost. They're just going to keep trying to throw whatever they can to get whoever they can. Like The moment we start to take captive thoughts, hell is going to shake. But Satan will come into your house and he'll start speaking all these different lies over you and he'll start webbing you up in a whole bunch of lies and schemes and next thing you know, like, how did I get to this place? But the powerful news is this, is that there's divine power through the repentance and through the renouncing and through the releasing of it and in stepping into the reliance of the Holy Spirit that those strongholds go away and you start to live in this, from the strong tower and his name is Jesus. <sighs> we don't have to lose our minds, church. Brother Bruce, can you come up? Is this all right? I mean, hear, hear me. There's a whole bunch of psychology and studying on this stuff. There's a... But right now, you want to know how you can test if you have a stronghold? Is if I tell you that you are called to forgive the one that hurt you. And when I say that, one of two things happens. The first thing goes like this. Yeah, I am. That's how you know you're going to have a breakthrough through that stronghold. Some of you, when I say you're called to forgive, some of you go, nope, 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 nope. You don't know what they did to me. You know how bad they hurt me. You know what they did to me when I was young. Hear me. I hear all sorts of moments in counseling sessions. I hear a lot of bad things. It's a true thing. But has he called us for, to forgive? Hello? Has he called us to forgive? See, his truth would tell me to forgive those that hurt me. His truth would tell me to forgive those who have caused me pain. Even if I never heard the word sorry from them, that doesn't matter. I've received healing from him. But like, if you, if you can sit here and you can open up the word of God and you hear the truth of what God says in his word and you reject it, you might have a position of a stronghold in your life. And so the cool thing about following the Holy Spirit and life in the Spirit is you can ask him. You can ask him if there is a stronghold in your life. And let me tell you, he going to show you. He will show you. You know why? He will not leave you where you're at. He does not want to see you depressed, anxiety-filled, 
filled with anger, filled with resentment, filled with pain. That is not the kingdom of God. Anybody say, he wants to see your life filled with hope, a hope for a bright future. He wants to see your life filled with peace, peace that surpasses all understanding, that when you're in the storm and you're in the trials, you're in the, you're in the situations, you're like, how did I get here? You still have supernatural peace because the stronghold of chaos has been broken. Because you said, Holy Spirit, show me. As I was dwelling on this throughout these weeks, I've asked them, like, show me some places, show me some blind spots. Show me some strongholds that I've been functioning through. And he said, Jay, you still got this thing in here that, that you've renounced, it's called fear of man. Can I be vulnerable for a second? You've dealt with this, but there's still some remnants of it, so it's time to continue to take care of it. Can I, can I encourage you? You might go home and throughout this week, you might be starting to, 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 to be revealed some of these places in your life where you've, you've allowed strongholds to take root and you begin to renounce them, repent, break agreement with it, right? It's a simple prayer. I break agreement with this lie in Jesus' name. I break agreement with this in Jesus' name. And as you do that, Jesus is now coming and, and, and taking over. But that does not mean that your pathways in your brain just all of a sudden get healed. Hello? Like, like fear of man, just because I know he's dealt with it doesn't mean that it doesn't try to creep its way back up to me sometimes. It doesn't mean that it didn't work. <laughs> oh, it just didn't work. <laughs> no, it works. I just gotta go, Lord, you feel me from this one, this pathway, repave this sucker. You ever driven on a repaved road? You know what they gotta do first? You know what they gotta do first? They gotta rip that thing up. They don't just pave over Right? Asphalt. They, they, they got to rip that thing up. You see the big trucks with the thing spitting it into the thing? It's all, it, my son's like, trucks, look, it's awesome, Dad. I'm like, yeah, son, let me tell you what they're doing. They're clearing pathways. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you got to tear up the pathway first. You got to let the Holy Spirit tear it up and then repave it time and time and time again. Church, this is not a one-day journey. This is not just a momentary fix. This is a lifetime of going, that thought <laughs> not here or man I let that thought come in and you know what Lord I repent I repent your grace is sufficient your mercy is new and I'm going to ask you to continue to build this thing in me I'm not a man that fears man I'm not a person of anger Whew, I had a fuse the size of this thing <laughs> before I came to Jesus Anger is not from the Lord. It's just righteous anger. No, Jay, you were just angry. You're just angry at everybody. I'm just mad. It's snowing outside. <laughs> Lord, can you show me why I'm so angry? Can you show me why I'm so defensive? That when counsel comes to me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to receive this because I have a lot of stronghold to be built in me. And so the word says, renounce it, repent of it, leave it, and start walking in freedom. Come on, this is good news, church. This is the good news of Jesus Christ that we are not bound to our emotions and our feelings. We don't have to be people that lose our minds. We do not have to be people that are just, whatever we feel has to be what we sit in. 
Can, can I tell you that? Emotions are from God. I believe that. And they're good things. But when they're distorted and they become our captain of the ship, they're not good. Hello? Wake up. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not allowing depression to come and settle in my heart right now. I'm not allowing depression to sit in my spirit right now. I know what God says about my life. I know what he says that I'm, my portion is. I know who he is and what he's done for me. And I'm going to continue to speak that. So that stronghold, man, that thing's destroyed. I'm walking in victory today. The way that it continues is that you got to come to the end of yourself. Can I tell you one of the biggest strongholds? Pride. I don't have pride. <laughs> if you're saying that right now. At some level, we all have it. Can we be honest? Thank you, Kiran. My brother, he's, he's a prayer warrior with me. Every time Kiran's like, yes, pastor. Every time. Pride. Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I love that scripture verse. James, the first book of the, the, the first teaching series we did here at Oasis on James. God opposes the proud, but he surely gives grace to the humble. You want to know how I know strongholds can be broken? When you come with a humble heart saying, this is jacked up, God. This is just my choice. This is my decisions. This is my thinking. I've done this. I've done this. I'm owning this. Take this. And you know what God does? Son, you're wiped clean. You're forgiven. You're washed. You're purified. But if we sit here today and we go, nah, I got nothing. I'm perfect. Pride. No, I, 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 I've done nothing wrong in my life. Pride. It's coming to grip with saying, you know what? When I sense it, when I feel it, I'm going to surrender it. Because when you know God, you know his ways. You know his truth. And when you know God and you know his ways and you know his truth, you get to live in those ways and in those truths. You with me? You don't fall prey to the stuff that the world would want you, right? This is not a battle that we fight. Just with our own abilities, our own things, by reading books and have, no, 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 no. Those are all good things. But it starts with fighting the battle of going, no, no, you've given me divine power through the Holy Spirit to not allow for a stronghold to take place in my life. I, I'm not gonna allow for a stronghold of provision to settle in my life. God, you call me to give, I'm gonna give. Even if I believe in all the stuff that the church is doing or not, I'm gonna give regardless because you know what? Your word tells me to. I, I'm gonna serve. <laughs> Even if I have had moments where church has hurt me and I've, I've been mistreated and I've been overused and I've been overworked, I'm gonna serve because you've called me to serve. I'm going to do what you say to do because I am not in charge. You are. Is it hard? Come on, just shake your heads. It's hard. This is a hard thing, but the cost of discipleship is hard. But he's faithful to see it through. He's faithful every time to see it through. We don't have to lose our minds, yeah? We don't have to lose our minds. <laughs> we do not have to lose our minds in Jesus' name. So would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for a moment? I want to pray 
Um, Ephesians 6 over us. The passage of scripture where it tells us that we get to have the armor of God. If we're in a battle that's not of this world, we don't fight with words and of swords and of spears or any of that stuff. We, we fight with placing his righteousness, his armor on us. And when his armor's on us, the arrows of the evil one cannot touch us. So right now, I want to pray this over you. But here's the thing. Some of you are going to be dealing with this stuff throughout this week. Some of you today, the altars are going to be open. You're going to want to declare and stand in agreement with somebody about breaking a stronghold, something that has settled in your heart. The Holy Spirit is just revealing them right now. Thoughts and ways and trauma and pain and things that you've experienced that broken relationship that took everything from you, right? Like these things that you, you just are coming today to say, Holy Spirit, heal this. So that's going to be available, but I want to read this. Stand first then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 10, finally, going back, be strong in the Lord and in his armor. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is our portion, church. This is our inheritance, church. This is what we get to receive, church. We get to receive the armor of God that will protect us, protect our hearts, protect our minds, protect our lives, our homes from the arrows of the evil one. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray in your kindness, in the kindness of God, would you reveal strongholds in our hearts?